Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. here with the crew attacking the covered end in the first half. Miller looks to take his man on, does so well as well. He's gone down the left-hand side, gone past his man now. Little touch into Gilby towards the touchline. Can he get the ball across? He can! Oh, it's a lovely header from Stockley! And Charlton had the opening goal. It's a superb work move down this left-hand side. And the final ball from Gilby meets Stockley's diving header in off the post. And Charlton are one up. Well, we've got to love that ratio. <laughs> one attack, one shot on target, one goal. It's not even a shot, it's a header. Does that make seven on the bounce, is it? And no, <laughs> I mean, seven heads on the bounce is Stockley. But I tell you what, Miller did excellent in that build-up play. So 66 minutes here at the Valley. Wood up to Dell, lays it off. Valerian, now Dell trying to go on the end of it. Onto his left foot. Dell with a shot, and there's the equaliser. They've certainly been... Working the ball well enough, crew. Not creating a clear-cut opportunity, but when they get it, they score it. Yeah, and again, uh, when you see this back, and we will see it back at some point, do we ever get tight enough to any player that's in possession of the ball? If you're going to allow opponents to have that much time and space in possession, then you better make sure that behind the ball you are rock solid. And we're not, once Piercy gets drawn out of position, Gets done on the give and go. He's on a booking. He doesn't want to make a challenge. Forster Kasky with the corner. Swings it in. Comes away. It's Fanweber. The header's a header from Gilby. And I think that's gone through the keeper's legs. And Charlton have the lead. With just over seven minutes of normal time remaining. Yeah. And if I tell you that cross was nowhere near its intended target, which was Innis at the back post, because Pierce has blocked off two players for Innis to be spare. <laughs> and we've reacted to a dodgy corner, got there first, not, not just won the first, but got to give Gilby a lot of credit, whether he's touched it or not, to irrespective. It was the run he made. He was alert, he was alive, he got across the keeper's eye line. His header right, though. Five minutes of added time here. Controls it, edge of the area, goes back out to Adebisi, chip ball back across, Innes again with a header away. This time it will fall to Lowry, who sends it back in again. Innes being pushed away, drops in the box, so and it's sent into the corner of the net by Dale. Charlton peeling for a, a push in the box, but it's not given. And there's an equaliser for Crew in the dying seconds, agony for the Addicts. Yeah, and it's over the 95 minutes as well, and I do think there was a push in there. If you want to have a little look at that. On the analysis, we're going to see a replay now. I think there's a push just before the goal, but maybe I'm looking through my rose-tinted glasses. Just wanting a foul, desperately wanting a foul, so we get over the line. But we had a couple of opportunities to deal with it, and you know where the, the moment came where we didn't? I think Pierce backpedalling back took the header away from Fanmo, who was coming onto it. And if there's a little bit of communication, he ducks and Fanmo comes onto it, we head it 15 yards clear. Not really a mistake, it's just a miscommunication where we could have dealt with that ball a bit better. But that, I think you'll hear the whistle blow as soon as we kick off. 
Pickering will send it away. And that is the final whistle here at the Valley. Charlton's so close to getting the three points. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me on the show this week to look back at that heart-wrenching 2-2 draw with Crew and ahead to Saturday's absolute must-win game uh, up at Quinton Stanley. First up, we've got Mr. Tom Wallin. Tom, how are you? Um, or how are you feeling after that? Uh, I'm all right. Yeah, it was a bit annoying, wasn't it? But um, despite the recent run, I'm still sticking to my we're not going to make the playoffs just to try and not get too overexcited. Yeah, I think if you were the only one who cheered that golfer crew. <laughs> yeah, celebrated it wildly. Just don't want to be proven wrong. That's your <laughs> that's your main thing. You don't care about success. You just care about being right. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, yeah. yeah. A man, of course, who uh, enjoys success and being right, but uh, very rarely, uh, is uh, Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Luke? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thank you. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, it was uh, it was a tough one to take on, on, on Tuesday, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't the greatest performance from us, was it? But I think when we managed to get 2-1 up late on, I was thinking we might just steal this. But um, yeah, it wasn't. Never to be, is it? The Charlton way does not uh, does not always mean the easy way. <laughs> mm, yeah, it certainly doesn't. But who knows? Maybe there will be still twists and turns to come. So on this evening's show, we'll look back at that game with crew. We just heard there the goals from the Charlton TV commentary. We're also, uh, of course, going to hear from Nigel Atkins. He's a uh, re- reaction to that game. Uh, he's also going to talk about the social media blackout that the football clubs are doing uh, this weekend. And then, of course, we will be focusing on Saturday's trip up to Accrington Stanley. Uh, I mean, it really, surely now is a must-win game. Um, I think, you know, deep down, I think Nigel probably feels we- we'll have to win all three of them uh, t- to get into the-, the playoffs. It might not transpire that way, but... That's only be the easier way to do it. Uh, and if we do win all three, we are still in there. It's still in our hands, which we're trying to grasp onto. But, Tom, I didn't feel like it come full time on Tuesday evening when, you know, and as Lewis said, we were poor. We didn't play well. We were outplayed for the majority of it by crew. But we had edged ourselves into the lead with less than 10 minutes on the clock. And you think we're going to nick it. And uh, to have it taken away like that, as you know, while we're all still laughing at John Mark, we're scoring an own goal. Uh, was particularly painful. It was, yeah. Obviously, I was joking a little bit in the intro. It it did hurt. I was, I found the game quite dull, if I'm being honest. And and what you and Lewis just said there is right. We were by far the worst team. Um, we fully deserved to lose that game, in my opinion. But somehow we managed to stick in it, and we managed to get ourselves in front. And at that point, I don't really care about the performance. I'm thinking, right, just just shut up shop and and take those three points and it would have been a robbery but I don't really care um so when that goal goes in obviously there's that disappointment but it's also mixed with the to be honest did we deserve it um and it's it's mixed with that fact that despite what I said in the intro we are in the playoff hunt and as you said there if we win our last three games then then we're in the playoffs uh and I I said to a colleague at work the other day, I thought we needed seven or nine points from the remaining four games. uh, And we've obviously got none from that first one. So, yeah, at at least we're going to need to win two and get a draw. Um, But I think I can't see it not going down to the final day. Uh, That's just it has to go down to that just by how close it is. And obviously we're playing Hull, who are going to have won the league and be up for a party, unfortunately. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to take. It's one of the games that we had that I thought we probably should be winning. But credit to Crew because I know they haven't got much to play for, but they were brilliant. The way they moved the ball around and took their goals, they, they fully deserved the point. But from our perspective, just not really good enough. And that's probably the first time we've seen that sort of a performance under Adkins, I think. Uh, and I know he was relatively positive after the game, but... Yeah, all in all, a disappointing evening, and we need to bounce back on on Saturday. Mm, yeah, I mean the the uh, the roller coaster of emotions that we went through in that evening as well, and as we saw, you know, didn't 
didn't play well, but you know, elsewhere, Portsmouth going behind Accrington and getting back to to three two up and then being pegged back in the last minute. Uh, you know, along along with our game, uh, it, it was literally about a minute. You know, when Marquis scored that own goal that made it three all, and all of a sudden we were absolute shoe ins for the playoffs, and then we just failed to deal with it. And and I felt so bad for Ryan Innes because it was it three times he, he headed clear outside of his area. It didn't seem to get any help from anyone on the edge of the box. And of course, you know, when it came in as well, it, it was probably too easy a, a finish for Dale. And I just can't understand how, why we haven't been able to just get that clear. We had opportunities to do so. Yeah, it's it's been sort of one of our Achilles heels. We sort of drop points late on in games. And overall, when you look at it, as Tom said there, I mean, we were we were by far um, the weak, yeah, the worst team out of the two on the night. I thought Crew, considering that they haven't really got anything to play for now, can't go up or down, um, made a real account for themselves. I thought they played well. I was impressed with, with Owen Dale, who scored the brace. I thought he, he looked threatening for them. And you know there was there were positives i mean our opening goal i thought was was well worked it was a great great bit of work by miller on the left and a good ball in by gilby uh great header by jaden as well and then obviously gilby to get another goal he's uh, he's a player that's sort of thriving under nigel at the moment which is you know that's a positive to take from it considering where he was uh, earlier on in his charlton career but yeah you rightly say i mean we need to be able to hold on to to Leeds, and regardless of um, of how poor we may have played, you know one of the abilities we've had before when we've been pushing for promotion is that ability to grind out results where you may not be the best side, um, but you you have the ability to grind out a result and and pick up the points where needed. And unfortunately, as well with the events going on elsewhere with Accrington uh, getting back into it right at the end with John Marquise doing us a favour and scoring an own goal. Um, it was probably a little bit of a premature celebration for me, to be honest, because I was, I was tweeting and like, oh my god, this, you know, it's going to go our way, and then we go and you know, not do the same thing, but concede a late goal ourselves, and you know, none of us are really any better off. Uh, and like Tom says, I, I think it's going to probably all come down to that final day, but it is in our hands. We still do have a game in hand, but with that game in hand being against Lincoln, who as it stands at the moment, unlikely, but still can just about catch Peterborough if Peterborough. Uh, I think they play each other on Saturday, actually, so that'll be a really big game. So if they if they win that and then they've got to play us and they've got an opportunity to get automatics, they're not going to have their foot off the gas for the playoffs. Um, so that's going to be a tough fixture. So Accrington on Saturday, for me, is a must-win because I think the last two games, especially at home, given that our home form has been as poor as it has this season, um, are going to be the two bigger challenges of the three. So it makes Saturday an even bigger game now, um, but we do have to bounce back and try not to let that 96th minute equaliser affect us too much mentally because it's done now and we need to just try and kick on and get the results Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we were close, Tom, I guess, to, to doing exactly what you need to do when you're, you're not playing well and somehow finding a way to win, you know, and despite crew enjoying the majority of the possession, you know, other than their two goals, they didn't create a great deal. And, and if we had held on for a, for a 2-1 win... I mean, you'd say, well, they've just about got over the line. But, I mean, obviously, you do want to take the performance into account. I mean, we saw a switch in formation in the last 15 minutes or so when he bought Ryan Innes, and I think it was Prattley on at the same time, and sort of went to three at the back. And then we were starting to get men forward again. But, you know, there must be a level of concern about the fact that we didn't play very well. You know, is it a sign of the pressure getting to the players, do you think? For me, it it was more down to the formation. And I was talking to uh, London Inic Geezer about this on Twitter after the game and said that that change in shape came very, very late to me. And I don't know, you might be able to tell us more from, from being there. Cause I often find if, if I'm working on the game and you're sitting up in the middle, you get a nice good view of the pitch, but even just watching it on telly, it, it looked like we were being overrun in that midfield far too often and the shape wasn't working. And, the likes of Liam Miller and, and Martson, I think, was back in, wasn't he, on the sides, just weren't getting in the game like the, the two wingers were at Plymouth. And as soon as we changed that shape, I know it didn't come till late on, but we did look a lot better. And, and obviously, we still went on to concede. But as you say, I think that was more down to, to us being a little sloppy. So uh, pressure, maybe. But for me, it was just that we gave crew the opportunity to play their football and we didn't really adapt quickly enough. And it's one of the things that Bowyer was often praised for or often credited for was noticing that change uh, sorry noticing issues like that and changing them and I'm not going to necessarily criticize Atkins here because he, he's new to the team and he uh, 
obviously he's a competent coach, but I would have maybe liked to have seen him try it a little bit earlier uh, and try and change change the shape because we did have players on the bench that could could do that and, and make a difference. And we saw that towards the end, you know. So, yeah, I hope it's not the pressure because one of the things Nigel today was talking about, we've got three games left, we've got three games left. I'd like him to be saying we've got, we've got six games left. I'd like him to be trying to, to put that mentality in their heads that, you know, we're going all the way here. Um, and, and a lot of those players have been in this situation before for either with us or, or various other clubs. So I don't necessarily think it's the pressure getting to them. I just think on, on the day we were... Uh, we were set up incorrectly and we played against a team who, who just passed around us, really. Um, and if that is the case, then the comforting thing or the, the reassuring thing is that hopefully it won't happen again. If it is a mentality thing, then then obviously that is going to only kind of exacerbate over the next three games when the pressure gets ramped up even more. But I guess the proof will be on Saturday when we kick off and we see what happens then. Um, but yeah, overall, for me, it looked like it was down to the shape and the way we played. Yeah, and it did take a while to bring on those subs, didn't they? I think the the partly is Nigel trying to not risk the players who who could be injured. And I think the likes or some of those players that came on, um, you know, like the likes of Anike and uh, you know Innes and 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 Prattley late on, you know, would he have brought them on earlier if he could have? You know, did he feel like they 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 couldn't play much longer than that? So, yeah, especially with Ryan Innes, who you know he said it was a um, a, a risk to bring him on after his, his injury on, on Saturday. Uh, let's have a look at some of the permutations, shall we? So Charlton uh, start today on, on 67 points. Um, we've got three games left. Uh, Portsmouth start on uh, 69 points. They've got two games left. Oxford start on 68 points. They've got two games left. Uh, there's also MK Dons down there uh, on 64 with two games left. I'm not going to involve them in this, but I mean, just bear in mind that if all three of those teams have an absolute disaster, uh, then they could drop away. Don't forget Blackpool on 71. So they are catchable by the the two teams uh, around us. But at the same time, you know, they've got a game in hand as well. So you'd expect them to do enough to get in there. So if, um, if, if Portsmouth were to pick up their remaining six points, they'd be on 75. So in order for us to finish above them, we'd have to win two and get a point at least elsewhere. And if we only get a point, then we'd be on 75 as well. And then it comes down to goal difference, in which case, you know, they they start off with a two better goal difference than us. So um, you'd assume, you know, they'd win at least one or by one or two goals. That would go up. We'd have to win by quite a bit. So really, if Pompey win both their games, we have to win all three of ours. Um, If Oxford win both of theirs, they'd be on 74. Um, So... uh, yeah, in fact, I think I've got that wrong, actually, because Portsmouth will be on 75 if they win both of theirs. So we'd have to win one to get to 70, 73. Yeah, not even a point. We would have to win uh, all three. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> the more I read this, <laughs> Lewis, the more I'm getting scared that, you know, in, if, if they drop if they drop a point and then, and then they end on 73, then two wins might be enough for us. But again, it will come down to goal difference uh, and, and that would need Oxford dropping drop a game as well. So draw if they drew one, they'd end on... Uh, 72 so that would be okay for us so I mean it, it really is a tough ask for us because it's nice having the game in hand but you've really got to go out and, and put the points on the table and if we don't do that against Accrington um, on, on Saturday if we don't win I mean if we lose in particular I mean that that will probably be a, a real a real uh, tough ask for us to get into those playoffs after that yeah I think you're right I think we have to be looking to win those games. I mean, we're we're relying this game, especially at the weekend, is is the biggest because Accrington don't really have anything to play for. But given their performances of late and how they performed on Tuesday against Portsmouth, even you know they're not a side to be to be sort of sniffed at. They they're going to come out and they're going to play and they're going to give us a tough time, just like they did with Portsmouth on Tuesday. So we have to be prepared for that. And then obviously the last two games we have. I mean Lincoln. As I said earlier, they've got Posh on Saturday. I mean, if Posh win that, then they're obviously up. But if Lincoln get a result there, then they've got every chance of getting second. So they're going to be up for it on Tuesday. Um, I mean, maybe even regardless because of where they want to finish in the playoffs. But they're all tough games. I mean, Hull, you're kind of hoping that they've had a little bit too much champagne before we play them. But we said that about Leeds and... Look how that ended last year. You know, it, it, it didn't go in our favour there. So, look, at, I mean, Oxford have got Shrewsbury on Saturday. Aside again, nothing to play for, but might be 
sort of up for it because it sounds as if Steve Cottrell's going to be back in the dugout, which is great news. And then they've got Burton on the final day who have been re- like reborn under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. So they're two difficult games. And then Pompey have got AFC Wimbledon on Saturday, who again have been a little bit revitalised of late. Bit of a weird result on Tuesday um, with Rochdale. And then they've got Accrington again on the final day, which is really strange to be playing the same team two weeks apart. But uh, again, so tough games for all, really. I mean, we do have a maybe a slight advantage with the game in hand, but when that game in hand's against Lincoln, who we'll probably know more Saturday whether they've still got a shout for the autos or not. It's, it, there's no easy games between now and the end of the season. We're going to have to be our very best to get in uh, to the top six. And, you know, sadly, we've we've not been good enough at home this season. And those two final games being at home, for me, um, I'm not overly optimistic. A bit like Tom said, I, I'm kind of um, resigned to the fact that maybe this isn't our year. The team reminds me massively of that that team a few years ago when Bo came in after after Carl Robinson and we we just scraped into sixth place and we you could tell we weren't ready. We didn't really turn up over the two legs against Shrewsbury. It reminds me a lot of that team and I'm kind of resigned to the fact if we don't go up this season, there'll be a big rebuild in the summer and we'll have to concentrate on trying to do it automatically next year. Yeah, it's a whole another thing about if we actually get to the playoffs, you know, who would be the favourites? You know, we certainly wouldn't be. Um, you'd, you'd look at a Sunderland side who fought it horribly, uh, a Lincoln side who sort of revitalised recently, uh, you know, it, it, unlikely they'll ever take Peterborough, but you never know. Uh, a Pompey side who, uh, you know, haven't blown anyone away recently, really. The, you know, I, I'd say that whoever whoever feels the fifth and sixth place won't be on the great form. Even uh, Blackpool have got a good win at Sunderland during the week, but I think they've had a little forter recently as well. So if you get there, I mean, you could argue it's a lot of teams not in great form and a Lincoln side who've, who've had a good season. Um, but you never really know. I mean, going back to the the, the game itself, I mean, there, there were some good points, and, and Nigel keen to point out about the opening goal we scored was a very good one, and you know, a goal and an assist for Alex Gilby, uh, Liam Miller involved in the move as well that, that saw us opening the scoring on, on Tuesday. So, you know, a, a glimpse of 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 us turning it on in in the first ten minutes after what had been a a pretty bad ten minutes as well. Yeah, I was. When uh, we were six or seven minutes into the game, I was like, right, this is going to be a tough evening. Uh, and then, obviously, we put that nice passing move together, get the ball forward. Miller involved, as you say, off the back of the performance uh, just over a week ago. Yeah, it would have been a week ago, wouldn't it? Um, the, the Tuesday night down at Plymouth. He'd been a little bit disappointing at the weekend. I think we spoke about that on Sunday and then comes back and, and looked a little bit better again in those early stages. Uh, as I say, didn't do too much over the whole game, but... Uh, played uh, played Gilby and nicely. It was a good ball across, and Stockley since coming in has scored so many of those goals. Where uh, because of the way the cross comes in, I'm like, well, there's no way Stockley's going to be able to head that. And before you know it, it's in the back of the net, and he has. There's been two or three where the ball seems to be down at, at foot level, and he's, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't trust his feet, or maybe it's because his head is such a weapon. But his head's down there, and he's nodding it in, and defenses don't know how to handle him. And there's a part of me that feels we play a little bit one-dimensionally when, when he's in the side. Uh, so the the continuation of playing him leads us to play that way. But also, you know, he scored, I think, is it seven goals since coming in in January? And, and that goal return speaks for itself. So if you've got it, use it. You know, it's not the way I particularly like to see us play all the time, but it, it's effective and it's working. And like I think we're all saying, I'd much rather we scramble away up than than have to play another season in League One. And if that's the way we do it, then so be it. Because whichever division we're in, we're going to have a building job in the summer. So, yeah, there, there were positives. I think Gilby's return to form, uh, or maybe probably the first bit of form, we've really seen him in a Charlton shirt. Uh, I've spoken a few times about it, the couple of performances at the start of the season. I think we're starting to see the Gilby that we signed now. Uh, and the fact he's keeping Andrew Shinney out of the matchday squad altogether says a lot about his qualities. Uh, and I thought largely the defence did okay. Um, there are obviously a, a couple of issues, the fact that they've scored a couple of goals, but there were some positives. But but ultimately at this stage in the season, I'm not really looking at that. I'm looking at have we got the result? And that's why I said right at the start, if we'd have fluked our way to all three points, I wouldn't have complained. But yeah, it, it just wasn't enough, unfortunately. And, and we have to, to go again and, and get the three points on Saturday. Mm, yeah, but we did see some of that soft underbelly at the back again, Lewis. You know, I think there'll be... There'll be people looking at, at one or two perhaps defensive uh, displays in, in terms of the goals that we conceded uh, as well, perhaps getting turned in inside a little bit too easily. 
Yeah, the first goal especially was a was a bit disappointing, wasn't it? I think he was just given that space to come in on his stronger foot, and then you've got the goal to go for, haven't you? You've got you've just given him sort of a, a better aim, um, and he slotted it home. Good finish. Um, and then the second, well, obviously, given that it's late, is the most frustrating. But also the fact that we managed to almost get it clear twice through Ryan in it with two powerful headers, and it, it just comes back in, and he's you know unfortunately just found a bit of space to get it on a volley and, and smash it into the top corner. And it's something that we've seen a lot this season, our, our defence. I mean, granted, it, it's got much better. I mean, re- the returns of, of uh, Ryan Anissa and Akin Fainwo have definitely helped. And I also think Piercy's really um, had a, a revitalisation as well because his performances were, were heavily uh, criticised earlier on in the season and he's come back uh, and improved, which is a massive credit to him. Um, and having those two back as well, it, it definitely helps. Um, but it's just those frailties. And I think with those two being out so long as well, they're never going to be 100% match up when they came back in. And I think we're lucky. They've both kind of taken to the ground running, but Nigel's still kind of having to rotate between the two. I mean, we saw Innes drop to the bench on Tuesday. We've seen him play a full 90 at Doncaster and then have to be dropped for the game after that. It's just, it's it's one of those things where we're, we're trying to balance um bodies at the moment really especially if we do get into the playoffs then we've got another three or two potentially three games to think about so you don't want to risk players now get into the top into the top six and get into the playoffs and be missing those players because you know then we're already kind of the underdogs if we do get in there we're giving ourselves even more of a mountain to climb if we lose those bodies so yeah I think for me, the defensive side of things has been our biggest Achilles heel this season, uh, along with the home form. And maybe it's something that, you know, a long, a long summer of, of proper preparation and and training camps and stuff will we'll be able to, to work on um, with Nigel and, and the coaching staff. I mean, last year we've, we've had to prepare for a season, not just in a weird space of time, given the COVID pandemic, but also with the constraints of the previous ownership that we had. It wasn't really a great time to be preparing for a, a promotion pushing season so lots of work to be done either way whether we finish in in the top six and and do end up somehow getting promoted you know amazing if we do because as tom says there there's a real a massive rebuild on whatever division we find ourselves in so i think it's um yeah this season's kind of a lessons learned isn't it we've got to see what happens and then in the summer we've got a, a great opportunity to build whether that's going to be in the championship or a, or another season in league one where we can properly compete Right, let's hear what Nigel Atkins had to say then after the 2-2 draw uh, with Crew at the Valley on Tuesday. Ask the Addicts boss what he made of the game. Yeah, obviously, listen, we've, um, we look at it, 96 minutes we've got the three points, 97 minutes we haven't, you know, we've, first goal we've scored, what a great goal that was. 14 passes, I think it was, a diving header, some great interlinking play, really, really good. Give Crew a lot of credit then because I thought they were the team of the ascendancy. We couldn't really, we didn't have our defensive shape enough to get the ball off them. They passed it really well and moved it round. So give them credit. Um, and obviously they've gone and equalised. We've changed our shape. I thought that was a positive impact. You know, we've gone with uh, a, a different shape and we go and score from a set piece, very dangerous at set pieces. Um, and then when we look at it, we've probably dropped a bit too deeper in the last minute, but we've still headed three or four balls in the box. Real good headers from Ryan Innes, for example. Um, the lads were, were complaining maybe a foul I don't think it was a foul and it's dropped to the midfield so he's dropped to the lad who's gone and scored it our two centre-halves just haven't reacted quick enough to keep it out of the back of the net it was a tough game tonight uh, but the first goal was a magnificent goal for everyone to go and watch um, it's still in our own hands we've got to avoid the disappointments we've got to get ourselves ready for the next game which is very very important a very tough game um, and we've got to get ourselves ready for that you know we've made we made substitutions, we changed the shape, the impact of the players coming on. The lads are working hard, so hard, you can see that. Mm. You know, we've got players coming back from injury. So, for example, O'Connor Washington there and Ian Mates. And we know they can't play 90 minutes of football. That one, Chucks and Eco, you can see that. You can see the lads were, they've grafted and they've had to graft hard tonight against, you know, give crew a lot of credit because they play good football. Maybe we allowed that, but give them credit. Um, but we've got to pick ourselves up. That could be a very valuable point in the grand scheme of things. Because let's face it, it, three games to go, it's still in our hands. Yes, we've got to win three games, but the other teams have got to win theirs as well. But it's still in our hands. Um, and we'll quickly get over that. We'll learn the lessons from it and get ourselves ready for the next game. So your main message, there's no time to be too down after that because it's such an intense running. 
yeah, we, we, yeah we'll, we'll learn the lessons from the game as we always do. And we'll get the lads prepared for the next game, which is really, really important. But you can see they've worked really hard tonight, you know, but we've, you know, we've worked really hard, scored a great goal, scored another game, a goal from a corner. We just haven't really seen the game out, you know, 97 minutes. Um, we've conceded a late one. Having, you know, we've, you think that the lads are heading it out and it's come back in and headed out, come back in, headed out, come back in again. And it's just dropped to the players sometimes, that bit of fortune. But give, give crew some credit. You know, they've, they've done well tonight. Yeah, they, they certainly dominated possession and, and obviously they, 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 they played their part in, in what was a tough game. And overall, what did you make of the performance itself? Yeah, I'll, I'll sit down and reflect on it. As I said, it was a great goal that we've gone and scored. There was 14 passes in. I know like, you, you like your stats. There was 14 <laughs> passes. Good interlink play. Centre forwards got hold of it, dropped it off. And then we got a cross on and he scores a diving header. I did think in the first half we've, we've left Jaden too isolated. But that's because we, we couldn't get the football. You know, so give, give crew um, the credit for that. And then we're chasing around a little bit. Um, but again, we've changed the shape and it was far better when we've, you know, I wanted to get just as they've scored, Chucks is about to come on. So we've got a front three of Stockley and EK and Washington to try and be really forceful and positive. Uh, and then shortly after that, I've gone and made another change then, bringing Ryan is in. Big gamble, you know, because mm. I've put Ryan on the bench because we know the injury risk that could be there. Uh, but the importance of the game, and he's come on and he's done really, really well, as I say, heading the ball clear on several occasions there. And being probably a threat from the set piece to score the goal. Uh, as I said, changing the shape is a positive thing. Um, and we've put us back in the game a little bit more. So, uh, unfortunately, we've the results just gone against us uh, but we'll keep working on the performance there are plenty of twists and turns between now and the end of the season we saw it tonight here and, and at Atkinson and Portsmouth I mean it's easy to look at the league table now and assume oh, John have to do this they have to do this but it's quite hard to predict really what's going to happen isn't that the beauty of football isn't that the beauty of this stage of the season the twists and turns that are going to come and it'll go all it's going to go all the way to the wire we've got to make it go all the way to the wire um, and then who knows what happens but what we've got is a team that, a squad of players who are all having a right go for each other I think that's the biggest message you know we'll get over, we'll get over conceding the late goal you know tough game but we've scored two, two good goals at home i say the first one it's, it's a great goal but We've got, to, we've got to pick ourselves back up and, and go again for the next one. And you've spoken about needing to win the three games. Do you think Charlton will have to get maximum points now to, to qualify for the playoffs? Well, the fact of the matter is, if we get maximum points, we're in the playoffs. Now, as you said, there's going to be plenty of twists and turns. Um, but it's, it's in our hands. Uh, but we know Saturday's game is the next one's the most important one and we've got to do everything we can to win that. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Washington and Stockley combine. He's back with Washington. Can he get the ball in the box? He can to Stockley. No, just beyond him. Finds Miller though. Will he take the shot? He does. And it's the goal. John take the lead. 17 and a half minutes gone and a fully deserved one of that. Yeah, totally agree, Tell. This time they make MK Dons pay. John pressed really, really well in his opening 17 minutes. We spoke about the opportunities they should have created and nearly had one through Darren Bratley just a minute ago. This time the ball on the right side. Lovely ball in from Washington. 
And again, an overload on left-hand side. Stockley could have got it. Instead, he leaves it for Liam Miller. And that's a lovely finish from the Liverpool loaning. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Uh, just sort of wrapping up, really, looking back at that hugely disappointing result against Crew, two points dropped in the uh, closing stages. We just heard there from uh, Nigel Adkins, as you know, always tries to take the positives from it, things to, to learn from it and, and things obviously to improve upon uh, as well. Um, you know, speaks about the the, the, the probable need to, to gain three wins out of three now in this final push, uh, which will be um, yeah, certainly, uh, certainly going to be a very difficult run-in. But, you know, other sides have got to win their games as well. I did ask for, for your views on, on the game uh, on, uh, on on Tuesday as well. Uh, ben Lewis says that performance uh, took me back to how I felt a few months ago. No, no real intensity, uh, giving up possession easily and ultimately drawing a game we didn't deserve to win. Crew were the better team uh, throughout and for such an important game, I was surprised we didn't run all over them. Was expecting a Plymouth performance at kickoff. But this is Charlton. Why is our home form so poor compared to our away form? Uh, at least if we get there, Wembley would be classed as an away game for us. Yeah, we don't know what our neutral form is yet <laughs> this season. Right, uh, Dan Dempsey uh, says, uh, honestly, uh, can't see us beating any of the next three. Not the way we play. We just let teams boss us and hope that we can get goals. Can't see a game out. Five defenders ended that game, yet we conceded in the 96th minute. Awful. Roll on another year in League One. I think Steve Richards says we could have done with Shinny tonight. Why has he been frozen out? I mean, Nigel was asked about uh, Andrew Shinny earlier on today. I mean, Tom, w- w- it's, where would you have slotted in into that team? Where would he slot into that team? I guess obviously there's a midfield in there, like in Gilby, who's uh, who's playing some of his best football at the moment. Uh, Forster Kasky's probably been pretty undroppable, and then obviously Watson and and Prattley seem to switch a bit. But it was Watson who started before Prattley came on. I mean, w- would you find a way to slot Shinny into that team? At the moment, no, uh, and I don't like saying that because I think Shinny's been been one of our better players this season. I think if we're playing a midfield three in the way that we've been lining up recently, then you're right. I think I don't think he can come in for for a Prattley or a Watson because I think they do a different job. And then the two in front, Forster Kasky and and Gilby, as you say, both of them at the moment are undroppable. I'm surprised he isn't on the bench as an option. Uh, I think him and Morgan. I think sometimes the defensive options that we've got on the bench are perhaps a little bit too much. Um, and as I say, I think I'd, I'd like sometimes to see us set up slightly differently. And if you go with a, a midfield diamond or even a even potentially a flat four or, or you'd line up slightly differently, I think there is a role for him there. We've seen him play a little bit further out wide. So even if you're playing the the three five two, maybe there's an, an option for him there. Um, so I, I understand the the kind of fan frustration because... When the lineup comes out an hour before kickoff each game, I'm always surprised that he's not there at all. But then when you look at the midfield, you, you probably argue that you can't really drop any of them because they're all doing a pretty good job. So my answer is no, I don't think he comes in immediately if we're playing that current setup. But I also think it's quite you know, it's quite harsh that he's having to wait his chance because he hasn't really done a lot wrong, which I think pretty much is what Nigel said today as well, didn't he? So yeah, I, I'm sure he'll be involved at some point in the next few games, whether that's because of injury or suspension or just rotation. I, I think we will see him before the end of the season. Um, but he's certainly someone, I think, is his contract up or his loan? But I think I'd like him to stay next year if he could. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he was on loan. Then obviously we, we made it into a six-month permanent contract just, so mm. just to sort of get around the rules oh, about the it. amount of loanies you can get into the team. But yeah. I can't imagine, based on what we've seen under Nigel, I can't imagine he will be here next season. Otherwise, you'd think he'd be used a bit more, but there you go. Um, uh, Dan then adds, uh, I think that game shows where we still stand, although our midfield have quality individuals. For some reason, they don't control the game for us. Uh, We rely on Route 1 football to Stockley uh, or via the wing. This sort of play won't get us promoted, even if we pull off a miracle of getting into the playoffs. Right, Colin says, I'm always positive until it's impossible. Come on, uh, you addicts. And Muzzer says that same feeling Tuesday night as I had uh, uh, when we conceded last minute to Birmingham uh, last season was convinced then we'd be relegated. Didn't believe uh, we'll get promoted now to uh, inconsistent uh, team confidence. Brittle squad lacks leaders. Shocking home form. 
I hope that my pessimism is wrong this time. And then Gary says, hi, lads, I'm marking when we don't have the ball is dreadful. We were never picking up runners. Uh, DJ and Miller are not picking up. If you look at the second goal on Tuesday, players in our own box let their mark, uh, left their markers and were attracted to the ball. Very poor anyway. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Gary. Yeah, I guess there is always that danger, you'd think, in the last minute that, that people get sucked into the ball in that desperation to clear it. But even for the first goal, you know, Accrington, uh, crew had too much, I'm predicting there, <laughs> crew had too much uh, too much space to deal with. Right, Phil says, hi guys, I have to say it's sad how often I have to open up uh, with disappointing, but that's exactly what Tuesday night turned out to be. We were totally outplayed uh, by a side that finds it hard to score goals and come away with a fortunate point. Although we could have stolen all three until the time added on to the added on time. I cannot understand why both Boyer and Nigel Atkins feel that need to play a diamond four in midfield when every time that we use that formation, we were totally outplayed in this area. Yet when we play a flat four in the midfield, we are competitive, uh, competitive and creative and tend to win those games. I don't accept the talk of the lads being exhausted, uh, which I'm sure they are, but they have played one less game now than most of the other teams. I don't see why the manager's... I don't see their managers complaining about their players being exhausted. We need uh, to go back to a flat four uh, so the players know their roles better and perhaps give a, a fit. And if fit, perhaps give Chucks and EK a run out up front, uh, probably with Connor Washington, who after all are our two top goal scorers. If we play like we did uh, last night, we may nick three points at Accrington but we'll be quite probably destroyed by Lincoln and Hull. We have to start to believe in ourselves at home and go out and play some entertaining football and not sit back looking scared to make the inevitable mistakes that continue to plague us. That's from Phil. Cheers. Phil, right, um, the social media blackout is happening uh, this weekend. Uh, the football clubs are doing it. Uh, the I think in all four divisions uh, and the National League, um, obviously, in uh, in protest, I think at the social media company's inability to weed out some of the abuse, racist, and otherwise that they have on their their platforms at the moment. Um, I mean, uh, it's something the clubs are doing. I'm not entirely sure if anyone I'm working for is doing it yet, so I haven't been told either way. So as it stands, I, I expect to be just carrying on as normal. I think it's just the clubs doing it rather than the people I'm working for. But I mean, at the if that changes, I won't be able to tell you because I won't be able to tweet. But um, uh, Lewis, I mean, it's, it's about time. I mean, you've got to do something. I mean, some will look at this and just say it's it's a, uh, action for action's sake. It's not really going to achieve anything, but it does send a message, I guess. And sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no guarantees it's going to make a massive difference, which is sad because the the abuse that people get players and and managers and it's just it's just you know it's disgraceful the, the racist abuse and it, it's just awful and it's it's baffling to me how social media outlets such as you know facebook instagram whatever can allow these accounts to be created with no verification or anything to to sort of be set freely to abuse who they like and then when those accounts that have been abused report it then it's kind of like no skin off their nose because they'll just go and create another one and do the same thing. It's that more does have to be done because it, it, I, we're in the 21st century and, and it's as wor- it's as bad as it's ever been from my side. You see it more and more now in the news and you see it on social media and you see players screenshotting the abuse they get. I, I see, you know, racial abuse Ivan Tony gets a lot of the time from fans and there was a, abuse that uh, Leah Nichol, former CAFC women's player, gets on a daily basis that she's putting out there you know it's not just the racial abuse it's it's everything and something has to be done and I hope that you know if this it can't stop it which is you know unfortunate and it's such a big thing this sort of campaign will not stop it straight away but you'd like to think that it will set a trend and have an impact because ultimately clubs blacking out their social medias and and taking time away from it for for the time they are sponsors won't be getting the coverage that they would be normally um that they paid for so that hits them in the pocket etc and hopefully it sets off a bit of a chain reaction and um I, I can only hope that it's a it's a step to something but um i mean i just i just don't understand what goes through people's heads when they do these things i mean you wouldn't want to be spoken to it you know spoken to like that yourself i don't understand people that have the mindset of going on social media and thinking right who can i abuse today how can i racially abuse this person how can i abuse this person about things that may have happened in their past and stuff it's it's not on and let's hope that it's a statement that gets plenty of coverage uh, and something can be done in future but ultimately it falls on the doorstep of the social media 
companies they need to do more to protect people that use their platforms uh not just footballers but everybody mm, yeah tom i mean there's, there's no easy answer as to, as to how these things get cleared up and you know from from the foot from football's point of view you know the, the clubs and their players they will see this as you know a problem that's out there and i guess it doesn't feel like it gets a much deal of uh of correcting on, on the social media platforms they'll they'll I mean, they'll they'll cancel the accounts. The police might get involved of people who do it, but then it's not like it's slowing down either. I don't. It's it's a tough one, really, as to how it's actually going to be stopped. I mean, I don't know if anyone who is is of a mindset that they fancy sending a racist message this weekend will see the fact that their football club has decided not to tweet. I can't imagine that would change their mind overnight. Unfortunately, I think yeah, we could probably spend a, a two hours special discussing the whole thing i think you're right the racism exists irrespective of whether they're they're going to post it on social media or not and i think i'd also potentially suggest that a lot of the posts are people you know copycats as opposed to people who actually are racist they just feel that actually it's something that's okay to do which obviously it's not um and they see people doing it there might be an element of notoriety you know getting your things screenshotted as well and there's the big debate about whether players should be raising awareness or not I think ultimately it comes down to a reluctance from the social media companies to to do more about it and to take it seriously and you saw Patrick Bamford after the the Liverpool Leeds game when they were talking about the the European Super League say it's all right when you can mobilize over money but why aren't more people mobilizing over this and I think this is this is the clubs taking a stand and and trying to do what they can and okay it might not necessarily hit the the social media companies in the pocket just by doing this for a weekend but it's gonna it's gonna be quite a statement I think and and you know traffic to those areas is gonna slow down and and ultimately those of us who are on the right side of this and I think it's very obvious where the right side is want to try and stamp it out and I think from a personal perspective I just get frustrated because I don't know what I can do to to try and stamp it out and you know the clubs are trying trying something and and that's all you can do is try and do that and mm. aside from that it's education isn't it mm. uh, and that's that's the way around this so the, the, it'll be interesting yeah. to see the only other thing i'll add about this obviously as uh as an exercise that football clubs are, are going to partake in the only other thing you think about is really um there's probably a tiny bit of blame shifting here when you think about the way that clubs have handled incidents that have happened you know by their employees or by their fans two high profile incidents i can think of recently obviously the jonathan lecco situation with leeds united i don't think leeds handled that very well at all but here they are getting involved in this saying oh it's all social media's fault and uh you know the Millwall incident where they they booed the, the taking of the knee and, and and did everything they can to bend over backwards to you know, try and try and make out it was uh, it was an okay thing to do, but so that was uh, yeah, there was two two little things that really you know sometimes football does have to be inward looking rather than only blaming uh, social media and obviously the way that the, some of the um, you know like the, the big organisations, Premier League or the EFL or UEFA or whoever you know how how they punish a club if there has been a racist behaviour by that again you know a lot of people look at the fines dished out to players or clubs compared to dished out to players or clubs who had paddy power pants or something like that you know it doesn't always add up so it's a bit there's a bit of hypocrisy in in this as well but you know at the same time you know people do want to make a statement and that's where we are Nigel Adkins uh, was asked about it actually today in today's press conference because uh, obviously Charlton are one of the clubs uh, all of the clubs are doing it but Charlton are one of those and Nigel Adkins was asked for his view on the social media boycott yeah listen there's going to be a obviously a stance taken by many our football clubs doing that as well and across the football in um, family in general obviously to try and help move the situation on forward for a better for all you know that's the big thing can we stop the, the abuse that goes on not for everybody but there are certain things that go on can we just make a stance to stop that can the companies the social media companies be more responsible on how they you know help to stop the abuse that, that goes on but likewise we want to make sure that we can still use social media because it has so many so many positive attributes that can be utilized in there but we've got to make this stance at this moment in time to one, stop the abuse, and two, can the companies, the social media companies, take more responsibilities to actually find out about the people who do put the abuse on, how, how can we block them as an example, and be more protective, and have it safe for so many people. Because it, you know, it is a wonderful tool, it's a wonderful platform for everybody to engage with. You know? So it's just 
making sure we can, we're aware of it, uh, we, can, we can try and do something about it. And be supportive and a collective for everybody, for the good of everybody. As you say there, it is a, a wonderful tool, which I think is important to point out as well, because there are pros and cons to it. For you personally, why do you feel it's so beneficial? Because you're one of very few managers who are active on social media. Yeah, well, listen, from my point of view, I was on it, oh, I think it was 2014, I first started on it, totally naive to all of it. I didn't understand why anybody would want to be on it. Um, and then I, was, I got myself educated, and I said, right, well, put me on it. And then after three months, I'll come off it, realizing that this is why you don't go on it. So, uh, but I'm still on it now. And yes, over the years, there's been things that you know, haven't, been quite, uh, haven't gone quite well. So that's, that's the balance that you get. But on the whole, you know, I realize how important it is to interact and to engage with the supporters. And I know from my own point of view, especially this last year, for the whole of the, of the world, we've got this COVID situation, for the whole of this country. And everybody's been isolated and lonely. And the, the opportunity to have social media just to engage with people, start again. You know, I've had the breakfast with nights, coffee with nights, we had the advent with nights. You know, and I just thought, let's start again, you know. Good morning. Just to somebody's actually sat in that in the, in the room all on their own. You know, social media. We've had this social and dis, distancing, and everyone's just being separated from each other. Just that one little thing. If it can just help one person from, you know, suicide's a big thing. Just stopping that. It's beneficial. It's worth doing it. So yes, you might get a few people thinking, "What, what are you doing that for?" But if we can help, I do a lot of charity work as well. It's beneficial, and a lot of people have been in touch saying thank you. Can you keep it going? There's a lot of organisations as well. So, um, you know, from my point of view, I'm only too willing to keep that going because I can see the benefits of it. And likewise, you can engage and likewise, you can learn from it as well. There's so many great things to go and learn from. I'm always looking to learn and, and educate myself. Um, so from my point of view, I'm looking at it as a positive thing. And hopefully, you know, people can be more mindful of it and um, use it in a way that can be beneficial for everybody, especially now in this it's a very challenging period for everybody being isolated with, um, with the COVID situation, which we're hoping is going to break out and we can actually engage a lot more with people. Shinny prepares to take. Shinny takes shot. it's a shot. Oh, great break. The power was too strong for Eastwood. He dived to his left, but it's passed him. And Shinny, who got the assist for the first goal, now opens his Charlton account with a lovely free kick. And Charlton, just before half time, make it two. That you're gonna be okay anyway. You know there's no Charlton Live. Well, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Now time to look ahead to the massive, massive game uh, with Accrington Stanley uh, on Saturday. Uh, team news is in. The only player who is out injured uh, is DJ. But um, as I reported on, on Tuesday after the game, he's back He's back out running already, which does sound positive. So I, wonder, I do wonder if there's a chance he may be involved before uh, the end of the season. Uh, but Nige was, uh, Big Nige was asked during the uh, press day today, you know, considering the uh, the running that, that's coming up and the amount of games we have to play, is he actually tempted to have to rest players in that time? Well, well, we look at the next game, which is the important one. And we look at the, you know, we've got good medical and sports science team here. Uh, and again, we've got the data that we use. Ultimately, we don't want to lose anybody through injury. But we need to have, a, you know, a lot of energy, especially going to the next game. You know, we've got three games coming up in this week. They're all, you know, just as important as each other. Uh, the next game is the most important one now of, of trying to get ourselves in a position to uh, to go to Accrington Stanley and get the victory that we need. And it's still in our hands, of course, which is all you can ask for. Uh, is it potentially more difficult going to sides that have nothing to play for and they can play with a bit of freedom rather than going to sides that need to win, uh, as we do? I think at any time of the year since John Coleman's been in charge of Accrington Stanley, Stanley it's never an easy game going there. It's going to be tough. So mentally, we've, we've got to be ready for that. It's going to be a tough game. And when you've, you know, we've managed to watch them and you hear about them and all the different things that go with it, this is going to be a tough, tough game. No illusions about it. We know that. So mentally, we've got to be bang on for it. And, um, you know, we'll be prepared and uh, we've got to make sure that we're, we're ready to go and, and compete because we're going to have to, you know, because, um, you know, they get the ball forward as more than anybody else in the league. They get more shots at goal more than anybody else in the league. So let's not be under any illusions. This is going to be a, a tough, tough game. But one we should be embracing and really looking forward to. As you said, we've got to go and win it. We've got to win the next three games to put ourselves in the playoff um, position. And that's when it all matters. 
Um, but we've, we've got to go there with a positive mindset um, to keep improving on what we're doing. Yeah, when Accrington, they, they score, they score goals, they're 10 in the last six, I think, and, but they also let them in. I think they conceded 15 in the same period. So, uh, I mean, it's fairly simplistic, I guess, but if we keep it tight at the back, we, uh, we should can hopefully continue our excellent away record. Listen, no, it is a simple game. Stick it in one end and keep it out the other. Um, my dad, my dad would love to watch the game if he could, um, because it's uh, it's the type of game that he likes to go and see. The way Accrington do it, there's no, you know, there'll, there'll be lots of goal mouth action. There'll be lots of uh, energy. You know, they're a very energetic side. We've got to go and meet that. Um, so um, you know, we've got to be we've got to be on the top of our game as we know it's going to be a tough one. There we go. That's Nigel looking ahead to the game with Accrington. I mean, we've we've touched on it already. Lewis, but I mean, you'd, you'd be silly to think that because we're going into it with a game, a team that are probably, uh, you know, well, almost certainly out of the running for the, uh, uh, I'd say not quite mathematically because they are, they're 73, so they could, no, no, they are math, no, no, well, officially they could just about scrape in if they won all, both of their games about 20 nil and everyone above them lost all their games, which I don't think is physically possible. But um, yeah, they, they haven't really got anything to play for is what we're saying, Lewis. Um, but as we've seen, you know, with, with the points they've taken off Sunderland uh, and, and, and Portsmouth in this last week, they're not, they're, they're not on the beach. And I mean, the, the schooling they gave us at the Valley earlier on this season, they're not a bad team either. No, not at all. I mean, they're, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, you look at how they how they performed against Pompey. I mean, they'll, they'll be frustrated that they went they went 2-0 up uh, in that first half and, and let Pompey get back into it. Um, but they also showed the fighting spirit when they went 3-2 down, right at the death to get themselves uh, a point. So, yeah, as you say, they're by no means um, taking their foot off the gas. I think they'll want to end strongly. Um, John Coleman is a, 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 you know, a, a real professional manager. He's quite a nice guy as well. Um but he's going to be, he's going to, you know, he's going to want his team to turn out proper performances, and you all do. You don't, you don't want your team to come off the gas and and finish the season poorly, because ultimately there's still people at home watching it, and you want to finish in the table as high as possible, regardless if they can't, you know, can't get into the top six. It's been a fairly decent season for Accrington when you look at where they've, how they've come up with the uh, up the footballing pyramid of, of late. So, yeah, you know, they seem to be a team that are improving season by season. Um, this season for them probably be another sort of record finish in this division. So it's a building block. And you look at the earlier on in the season, they were they were well in that top six. So they're going to want to finish strongly. And, you know, next season for them could be a big one. So I, I think it's by no means going to be a uh, going to be an easy an easy game. Uh, but we've we've really got a point to prove if we're going to get in that top six. We've got to go there and be at our very best. Yeah, I mean, team news-wise then, Tom, obviously, as we've mentioned, DJ's out. Um, and we saw that the players that we ended with on on uh, Tuesday evening, uh, the likes of Anike coming on, Washington coming on. I mean, it's no given that they're going to be fit enough to start for full 90 minutes. But, I mean, would you be tempted to, to see how, how long we could get out of Chucks Anike? I mean, he's, yeah, I, I would. I think, like I said earlier, I think Stockley can be a little bit, one-dimensional, although he's he's had impact. But you you look at the bench from from Tuesday. We had Washington on there. We had an EK on there. We had Albie Morgan. We got Shinny, who, as we said, is is kind of out of the fold at the moment. You you've got creative options there, and I just think Nigel hopefully will have looked at how Accrington play. I mean, they've drawn three all in their last two games, so clearly they're there to be got at. Um, although obviously they've scored goals at the other end as well, so we've got to get that balance right and. If the four-three-three that we've been playing is is the right way, then I'd probably largely stick to the same uh, eleven. But if there's a different way that will work, then I'd like to see him take that risk and try something different. I think the the guy we emailed in mentioned it as well. Uh, get another forward on there and really go for it because, as I say, the last fifteen minutes of Tuesday's game that really made a difference for me. Um, so I'd like to see him do that and, and see what we can do, but. He obviously needs to protect those players that have got those injury records, and and I do understand that as well. Yeah, it's a tough one, tough, tough one. Right, let's uh, wrap the show up there. I think it's going to be oh, it's going to be a nervous one, isn't it? Well, like I say, I'll be up there. I don't know if I'll be tweeting or not yet, but hopefully I will be 
so you can uh, follow the game via my tweets if possible. Um, let's hope that it's three points. I think it needs to be realistically if we are going to have a chance of making uh, those playoffs. Right, thanks to all of you who've listened. Thanks to Tom and to Lewis for joining me on the Big Match Preview this week. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Good to have you both with us. I'm Louis Mendes. Let's play for three points at Accrington Stanley on Saturday. We'll see you again on Sunday when we'll look back and hopefully we'll be talking about a massive Charlton win. We'll see you later. Charlton Charlton